The word Benedict, the name Benedict, means blessed. With these verses from Psalm 65, we thus began this Requiem Mass for Pope Benedict XVI. Blessed is the one whom you choose and call to dwell in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. On the eve of his priestly ordination, that event in which Joseph Ratzinger was chosen and called to dwell in the Lord's court and distribute the good things of his house in a special way, on the eve of his priestly ordination, Joseph opened the scriptures, as he later recalled, because I wanted to receive once more a word from the Lord for that day and for my future journey as a priest. My gaze fell on this passage. Jesus said, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. For their sake I consecrate myself, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. Holy, sanctify, and consecrate. Holy, the word holy applies especially to God himself. All other holiness is derived from him. Consecrate, to consecrate means to give something or someone over to God. It no longer belongs to us, but is God's, even if that someone is myself, ourself. The thing, the person is removed from regular life and given over to God. It or they are sacrificed. They're removed from common usage. Now, in the Old Testament, this giving over to God of a person pertains to ordination. It is of the essence of the priesthood. This person no longer belongs to anyone but God. But precisely because he belongs entirely to God, he is available for everyone. Benedict explained this passage in this way. This is the priestly act by which Jesus, the man Jesus, who is one with the Son of God, gives himself over to the Father for us. It is the expression of the fact that he is both priest and victim. I consecrate myself, I sacrifice myself. This unfathomable word, which gives us a glimpse deep into the heart of Jesus Christ, should be the object of constantly renewed reflection. It contains the whole mystery of our redemption. It also contains the origins of the priesthood in the church and of our priesthood. It seems to me that's the key or a principal key in understanding who Pope Benedict is and was. He spoke about this at a chrism, I think it was in 2009. He said, this pertains to us. What Christ was speaking about, consecrating those men, setting them aside so that they belong totally to God so that then they could be available to everyone else, that required the same thing that it requires of us. That our yes on our ordination day is fleshed out in the many yeses of our life to be given over to God completely. It's very similar to what many of you did on your wedding day. 
that I do that you spoke is fleshed out over time in the many little I do's that you say each and every day. He said that to the priests gathered there at that Christmas shortly before they were to renew their promises, their yeses. You have been given over, completely consecrated to God. He was saying, I have been given completely over to that. You think of throughout his life, how many times this theme reemerged. I mean, perhaps from simply his deciding, discerning to be a priest, to his initial assignments, but then thanks to our patron of being called away from where he loved to be and felt at home, his uh, beloved Bavaria in Germany, to the Vatican to service there in an office that was often ridiculed, pulled out and characterized as being, you know, at times even a Nazi, but a Rottweiler, the Pope's German shepherd, right, who would tear people apart. Time and again, he asked John Paul II to release him, to let him go back home. And John Paul II each time said, as long as I am here, you are here. He knew what he had in that faithful servant of the truth, time and again. And when John Paul II passed, how he was looking forward to retiring, to working on his great theological work, only to have to say yes once again, and a yes in such a way that brought about an extraordinary death. I mean, he described it in terms of the Pope no longer having any private life whatsoever. He is unlike everyone else who can return home at night, who can go on a vacation alone and unnoticed. And then ultimately that yes leading him to one of the most extraordinary acts, and certainly in church history, rare acts of abdication. I think it was Aristotle speaking about the different modes of government that spoke about the, the great king, the monarch. And if you could find someone of great virtue to fulfill that role, then it would be the best of all governments, but they don't exist. And besides, when someone has absolute power, it's unheard of that they would abdicate that for any circumstance. And yet, that's precisely what Benedict did when he saw, I cannot fulfill the responsibility that God has given to me. And to be able to set that aside uh, is an extraordinary testimony of his humility. He was a servant of the truth. That's what priests are to be. That's indicated in one way in the washing of feet on Holy Thursday. He wrote to be immersed in God's truth and thus in his holiness. For us, this also means to acknowledge that the truth makes demands to stand up in matters great and small, to the lie which in so many different ways is present in the world, accepting the struggles associated with the truth, 
because its inmost joy is present within us. Nor when we talk about being sanctified in the truth should we forget that in Jesus Christ, truth and love are one. Being immersed in him means being immersed in his goodness, in true love. True love does not come cheap. It can also prove quite costly. It resists evil in order to bring men to true good. He spoke about this as being a task for the church in our day, a task for each and every one of us, not just the pope, not just the bishops, but a task that we can make or help others to become aware of. And a question and answer period with priests, he responded to one of the questions in this way. He acknowledged that today morality and religion are almost replaced by reason, and the only criterion of morality and religion is the subject, the subjective conscience. It's whatever I say is good or evil. That's what it is. In the end, he said only the subject, the individual person and his feelings, his experiences, and the other criteria he has found are deciding factors. In this way, however, the subject becomes an isolated reality and the parameters change day by day. One day I say this is true, one day I say this same thing is false. But he explained in the Christian tradition, conscience means with knowledge. That is to say, us, our being is open. It can listen to the voice of being itself, the voice of God. The voice, therefore, of great values is written in our being, and the majesty of man is found in the fact that he is not closed within himself. He is not reduced to material things. He is not able to be measured. Instead, he has an interior openness to essential things, the possibility to listen. In the depth of our being, we can listen not only to the needs of the moment, not only to material things, but to the voice of the Creator Himself. And in this way, we recognize what is good and what is evil. Naturally, Benedict affirmed, this ability to listen must be learned and developed. This is our task in the church, to develop this high ability given by God to man to listen to the voice of the truth, the voice of values. Those who know the Pope, spoke about what an extraordinary listener he was. As busy as he was, each person that came in felt as though they were truly heard. Part of that, it seems to me, is his living out of this truth that he just spoke of. There's a truth that's being revealed here. Our task in the church is to develop this ability given by God to man to listen to the voice of truth, the voice of values. It happens through Scripture, but I think his example says God is at work in each person. Don't pass them over. Don't disregard them, especially those closest to you. Your spouse, your child, your parents are an instance of the image and likeness of God. Listen to how he's at work in their lives. On the last day of his papacy, he said this, I have within myself a great trust in God 
because I know all of us know that the gospel's word of truth is the strength of the church. It is her life. The gospel purifies and renews. It bears fruit wherever the community of believers hears and welcomes the grace of God in truth and lives in charity. This is my faith. This is my joy. When almost eight years ago I agreed to take on this Petrine ministry, I held steadfast in this certainty, which has always accompanied me. In that moment, as I've already stated several times, the words that resounded in my heart were, Lord, what do you ask of me? It's a great weight that you place on my shoulders. But if you ask me at your word, I will throw out the nets, sure that you will guide me. And the Lord really has guided me. He has been close to me. Daily could I feel his presence. These years have been a stretch of the church's pilgrim way, which has seen moments of joy and light, but also difficult moments. I have felt like St. Peter with the apostles in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. The Lord has given us many days of sunshine and gentle breeze, days in which the catch has been abundant, then there have been times when the seas were rough and the wind against us, as in the whole history of the church it has ever been, and the Lord seemed to sleep. Nevertheless, I always knew that the Lord is in the bark, that the bark of the church is not mine, not ours, but his, and he shall not let her sink. It is he who steers her. To be sure, he does so also through men of his choosing, for he desired that it be so. This was and is a certainty that nothing can tarnish. It is for this reason that today my heart is filled with gratitude to God, for never did he leave me or the church without his consolation, his light, his love. The name Benedict means blessed. And it comes from two Latin words, good and speak. Benedict was blessed, it would seem, because he heard and responded to God's call to live in his courts and to be filled with the good things of his house, which enabled him to speak so well of the Lord and bless us abundantly. With your words and with your life, Holy Father, you have blessed us. You have invited us to expand the horizons of our life by gratefully acknowledging that God has fashioned us as a potter fashions clay. But unlike a mere material thing, man can be majestically opened up to God. Deaf ears can be made to hear his voice and discern good from evil. Even at the last moment of life, God offers this gift almost as though he allows it to be stolen by whomever would but say the word. God, you are not far away, veiled from our sight, but you have torn that barrier in two, letting us see your human face in Jesus, whom you have raised from the dead, giving us reason for hope and joy. Even if many trials must be endured so our faith is tested and true. Bless Benedict for serving the truth, for seeking your face his entire life long. 
He has blessed us. Please bless him forever. Amen.